Pull yourself up a chair and join us at the Energy Roundtable. Welcome to the Energy Roundtable. This week, Lisa and I debate beer, we debate private islands, we talk about oil sands, and uh, we talk about uh, BP and and solar. Uh, And at the end, we talk about cryptocurrency and the merits therein. Lisa, welcome. Thank you, Matt. I'm excited for the beer discussion. <laughs> well, let's, let's start there then. Uh, my first headline this week is uh, Anheuser-Busch achieves 100% RE, which is renewable energy, four years early. So if you read the headline, you're like, wow, they're ahead of schedule with their renewable energy push. Uh, I guess they had a target 2025 to have all of their, um, I, I guess, all their product, beer and seltzer, being brewed with 100% renewable energy. So they, uh, I guess they purchased energy most recently from a 200 plus megawatt solar farm in Texas uh, with mm. current energy. And uh, there's some wind projects mentioned as well. And uh, they're hoping that this, uh, these projects um, offset 950,000 metric tons of CO2 annually. So at the face of it, hey, ahead of schedule, uh, renewable energy 100%. The article is silent on the fact, is this just electricity or mm. is it because there's no mention of any gas, thermal, and uh, I'm not an at-home brew guy, but I've been in a couple of breweries and I know that they burn gas uh, to make some kind of thermal energy, typically steam. And so I think there is um, some um, ignorant, not ignorance, I don't want to say it that way, but the story doesn't tell the whole story, which is mm. so bit of a thumbs down for me. What do you think? Yeah, well, actually, when I when you were talking about it, I was thinking, oh, is there from biogas? That would be that'd be cool, right? To see some more of that because we know that there's you know biogas and some brewery plants. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a, a maybe a little one one side. I haven't read the article directly, but just so you know, based on what you said, uh, it kind of goes back to the whole you know push on electrification, and there's very little talk these days about the gas piece, which makes me sad. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I think it's a, a good news story in the sense that uh, they're obviously trying to get innovative and buy energy from other places which is great uh, to try and get there just like some of these other companies um, but yeah i'm sad that the biogas piece didn't come up any story about beer is a good story though right <laughs> very true <laughs> so uh my story is uh it's titled solar deals uh, bolster bp's push toward green energy it's also based on a 2025 target um, so basically bp plc they've uh, made a big stride in reaching their low carbon generation target uh, with a number of solar power deals uh, that they've recently unveiled. Um, one of them is they agreed to buy nine gigawatts of solar projects in the U.S. from, I think it's seven times energy, or maybe it's 7x energy. I'll be honest, I don't know the company. Um, they've also entered it into the Greek market with a 640 megawatt solar development it had won through an auction. And um, yeah, that's, I think, uh, pretty good in the sense that they have a... Um, I guess a goal by 2025 to approve more than 20 gigawatts of renewable energy projects that will consist of solar, wind, and bioenergy. Um, they specifically have actually identified percentages here too: 83% solar, 15% wind, and 2% bioenergy. So I I like the story just because it's uh it's putting action and money where their mouth is. Uh, an important piece, I think. Uh, it's not just you know, we were talking about this last week um, in Energy Roundtable. It's not just somebody coming up with a lofty goal of doing such and such. It's actually putting something into motion, which I think is great. 
And it sounds like it's a multi-dimensional, multi-faceted strategy, right? Like it's not just, you know, with all due respect, there's a lot of great development, amazing stuff happening in wind and solar. Um, but I, you know, I think this transition to a new world will be, you know, it needs it requires a basket of solutions and technologies, and it sounds like that's what they're pursuing, right? And so, yep, that's correct. Um, and and it sounds like it's more than just doing penance for you know years of pulling oil out of the ground. It sounds like it's a they're clearly throwing a lot of money at it to get to get to a solution that that you know is is real and and they're serious about this transition, right? It's good business and it's good marketing, but it's also you know it sounds like they're they're sincere about it. So yep, um, very very cool, very exciting. So, uh, you know, we're hearing more and more of those stories. That's a, that's a really positive thing. My next article is uh, on smartenergydecisions.com. It's an article from three days ago, June the 7th. The title is Microgrids, Full Colon, The Benefits of Your Own Private Island. Uh, this is not about Richard Branson and uh, an island in the uh, in the Caribbean. This is about your own electrical island and the benefits of, and it talks. It's quite a lengthy article. I would highly encourage everyone to go read it. Uh, we can maybe link uh, in the show notes uh, to connect to this. But it's really, I mean, it talks about a whole bunch of benefits, really um, practical benefits, and it really provides an education of, well, what is a microgrid? It talks about a traditional mm -hmm. solution with a backup generator. It talks about a generator and storage, right? So, so a battery storage and how that works, and it has some really elegant graphs that kind of show the puts and takes. And then it starts to talk about solar storage, uh, generator, kind of that that hybrid. And, um, you know, really a, kind of an elegant way of laying out the benefits of, a, um, you know, a microgrid. And obviously demand charges is one, um, you know, energy storage, the time of use, uh, kind of the whole um, arbitrage piece with that. And then, you know, obviously the last one is islanding, and and as you talk about a um, you know a climate uh, world where weather events are getting more and more extreme, the ability to you know open the breaker and isolate and continue to run and really have everything under your own control um, is is becoming more and more of a, a quantifiable um, economic benefit. So really a great article. Highly encourage everybody to go and read it and and spend 15 minutes to to catch yourself up to speed on. The real benefits of uh, microgrids. Mm -hmm. Well, I give that one a, a thumbs up, Matt. And how could I not? Because Timmins District Hospital is a microgrid, <laughs> mm -hmm. and I love that project. And you know, it's not uh, it's not solar and CHP. It's you know two different types of engines that are operating that can operate in an islanded state, but they're used for different purposes. And obviously, it you know provides the resiliency for a hospital like uh, you know in the Timmins area. So uh, well, and, I love and I love the idea. And it has uh, storage. It doesn't have electrical storage. It has thermal storage uh, in the form of uh, uh, ice and uh, cold storage. So, yeah, really exciting uh, project. Great point. Timmins and District Hospital. That's right. Uh, okay. Oh, and both. by the way, both of my articles are from the star. Uh, I have them in <laughs> the old-fashioned printed versions. Wow. Uh, I, I think the links, though, that I gave to Mark just for our listeners and for people who want to read up on these uh, might actually be from Bloomberg and other sources because I can never find the exact articles for whatever reason when I when I just use the, uh, the paper version. But anyways, um, this one is called uh, Large Oil Sands Firms – sorry, Large Oil Sand Firms Commits to Net Zero by 2015. Uh, and firms meaning plural. And so basically a group of the largest producers in Canada's oil sands, um, they've announced a joint strategy uh, actually on Wednesday of this last week 
to reach net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. So there's the big bold statement we keep hearing about net zero by 2050. Uh, but the companies that uh, are part of this, they include uh, Canadian Natural Resources, uh, Sonovus Energy, Imperial Oil, uh, Meg Energy Corp and Suncor. Uh, and this is kind of where now the action comes in. And basically, a big part of the strategy is uh, supposedly going to be including building a carbon sequestration facility in Cold Lake, Alberta. And the group says the facility will be available for other industries to use as well. Exactly what that means, I'm not quite sure. Mm. Um, and then the companies also plan to pilot emerging carbon reduction technologies around oil sands operations, such as direct air capture. So what I really like about this is two things. The fact that, you know, you're putting a strategy in motion because you're already starting to talk about the technology in terms of how you're going to get there. And the second thing that I think is really cool is to see this kind of partnership, this joint strategy that is forming uh, with people who operate in the oil sands and who are kind of competitors against one another. And here they are coming together to achieve something bigger than themselves, really. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, you raise a good point that once you start to talk about technology selections, you've moved from a goal to, you know, a strategy uh, or from, you know, the vision of a future state to here's the strategy and here's how we're going to get to it. Uh, I, I am just more and more amazed at how quickly things are happening, the, the, the speed at which we're hearing about these stories. Um, it, it, it's amazing. It's just it's uh, borderline scary, you know, how things are, mm -hmm. are, are ramping up and moving ahead. So, yeah, uh, let's let's just hold ho hope we can hold on tight, uh, you know, and 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 hang on <laughs> hang on for the ride, right? Well, what did I what did I say? It was like one or two weeks ago. I said uh, I was talking with a client and we were comparing it to like the horse horse carriage and or buggy and you know going to the to to cars and the in a span of ten years. And I think this is going. This transition is happening faster than that. Uh, I I think so. It's uh, I I don't know what it is. I can't. I won't. I won't even try to pretend I have a you know a crystal ball in front of me. But I think it's going to be. It's going to be here turning around pretty quickly. So you're saying the horse has left the barn? <laughs> yes, left wah, the barn wah, a long wah. time ago. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's get off of my dad jokes and bring in uh, Mr. <laughs> Mark Charbonneau. Mark, welcome to the Energy Roundtable. Hi Matt. Hi Lisa. Hello. How are you guys? Good, good. good. How are you doing today? We're, good. We're ready for the face-off, Mark. Okay. So um, this one's a topic that I don't know a lot about. I've sort of been hovering around the outside of this <laughs> and sort of watching it from afar. Um, and, you know, I've got some friends that are way into it, and I haven't really sat down to talk to them about it. But anyways, that's cryptocurrency, pros and cons of, I guess, dabbling and throwing your money at it. Um, so yeah, uh, I'll, I'll flip the coin here and then we'll get the pros and cons, uh, sorted out here and I'll let Matt call this one. <clears throat> oh, okay. Uh, heads. Head. It is heads. Would you like to tackle the pros or the cons of crypto? Well, I always give Lisa all the easy ones. I'll, t I'll take the pros <laughs> of cryptocurrency. The pros of cryptocurrency. Okay. Well, um, why don't we have, why don't we have Lisa begin with the cons then? Okay. Sure. I can most certainly do that. Um, well, I think, uh, and, and Matt knows a lot more about this subject than I do, by the way. So <laughs> you're probably going to notice that in his responses versus mine. But nonetheless, we'll try it. We'll, I'll give this a shot. Uh, so I think the biggest, well, one of the biggest things is the um, high volatility and the potential for large losses. I mean, this is not really, in some ways, I'll call it for the faint of heart. There has been uh, a 
you know, a significant increase in terms of the value of Bitcoin. Certainly since 2016, you know, I'm doing my research, Matt, so I'll point out some numbers. Uh, from 2016, uh, from what I can see on this graph, uh, the price of one Bitcoin in US dollars was uh, $100. And in 2021, it's just shy of about 10,000. So that's grown significantly. But in that period, there have been some significant, uh, you know, drops as well. So I think that's really the big piece that you have to be uh, wary of as, as an investor and uh, be ready to take on. Um, I think the, the next biggest piece, at least for people like myself that maybe don't know enough about it, but, you know, that there's limited acceptance. I know I can buy a Tesla today, but I don't know where else I can use my Bitcoin. So that that is a little bit problematic for me as an investor. You know, I want to invest my, you know, for example, in stocks or mutual funds or GICs or wherever my money might be going. I want to be able to, it to grow and then I want to be able to use it, whether it's buying a house or a car or doing something with it. Right. Um, the other big thing I think that's uh, key is it is unregulated and it's unbacked. So again, that carries a little bit of risk. And here's just a bit of a statistic. A 2019 academic study found that 25% of Bitcoin users are involved in illegal activity. Ouch, not great. And that 46% of Bitcoin transactions are associated with illegal activity. I don't know if any of our listeners have uh, have watched the show GenCoin on Netflix. If you haven't, tune into it. It's great. I've, I've watched it, uh, but it does remind me of, of the Netflix series and uh, some of the illegal activity that goes on there. So I think, you know, if you're going to take it on, uh, I think you really have to be ready mentally. Uh, you have to be mentally prepared for it. It's uh, it's not for the faint of heart. It's way too risky, in my opinion, for the average investor. Um, in fact, investor Mark Cuban suggests that Bitcoin is a little bit similar to gambling. Uh, you should only invest as much money as you think you can lose. So with that, I will pass the floor over to uh Matt, who knows a lot more about it than I do. <laughs> well, and let the record show that even if I don't know something more about something, I I can come to it with the confidence and the sometimes false confidence that it makes it appear that I do. Um, <laughs> so with that caveat, uh, I you know the fact that it it's you know largely used in illegal circus, circles. Not sure if that's you know really holds water because you know gambling, drinking, and and uh, cannabis all started out in in illegal uh, world. <laughs> now they're quite legal and quite quite lucrative. So, um, you know, I, I think what's exciting and and you cannot currently buy a Tesla anymore with cryptocurrency. You cannot. You cannot. No. Oh. And um, that actually erodes my uh, my one of my one of one of the arguments against it is that it is extremely. And we've talked about this on the on the roundtable before. Is that it's extremely energy intensive, and so mm. um, uh, you know Tesla basically said, "Listen, we're trying to save the world, and then we, how can we be uh, accepting energy intensive uh, cryptocurrency?" Uh, but I mean, all the reason not to go for it, right? Yes. <laughs> but I mean, there there was a there was a time when the stock market was new, and and it's it still has some volatility in it, but it it is. You know, it has gained prominence. There was a there was a time where we only lived on the gold standard, and we moved to to currency to to money. Um, you know, what's what's really exciting about cryptocurrency, and I just see it as the next progression of the way we're going to transact business, um, is this distributed framework, right? And so it, it it sits on the blockchain, and the blockchain is this kind of sequence of mathematical calculations and configurations, and it's it's unregulated, yes, but it's distributed right and so you have to get you know 10 different people to say yes uh in simple terms 
uh, before you know money can flow. And so um, you know the safe, the level of you know kind of safety and traceability. Uh, like there was a story the other day. Uh, where they were able to trace all this ran this, these ransomware attacks that are happening in the U.S. were funded through cryptocurrency, but the FBI was able to trace all that and and really kind of get the money back and you know get to some of the issues. So, um, yes, there's some volatility, but I mean there's many winners in the world of volatility, right? So I, I think with enough education, um, you know, I think you can you can ride the wave and. And there are many people who are no longer working because they made the right bets on on cryptocurrency. Uh, but I think there are many uh, currencies that are really, you know, we're now into Rev two, three, four, generation two, three, four, and these currencies are are you're seeing the banks start to adopt them. You know, we have an exchange traded fund here in Canada, um, and you know, there, there's lots of legitimacy that's coming to it, and it, it is a fundamental change in how we transact. So yes, there are some bugs that have to get worked out, but uh, this whole concept of ledgers and and wallets and 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 that stuff it is it is coming. And what's even more exciting to me is the underlying blockchain technology and its applicability to everything that we do. A very very exciting. So uh, and cryptocurrency is just a proxy for the blockchain, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm I'm very excited about it. Mind you, I will say that um, in uh, I want to say early April, I uh, I was. I, I got into it just with like 50 bucks and I went up to about a hundred bucks and uh, today I'm like at 46, 86. So um, <laughs> it moves around so much. So, anyway. Now what currency is that? Is like Dogecoin or which one? Uh, are you, uh... No, I mean, some of them, you know, even when I got in were kind of, I couldn't, I couldn't throw enough money at them, but I think this, this is, um, that's a good question. I think it's, it's a, it's a couple, it's a blend of a, <clears throat> the portfolio value. Okay. Fair enough. And and Lisa, I think the show you were talking about is Startup, which is um, on Netflix. Oh, well, yeah, right? you're right. That's and, what it is. But they have Gen, Gen Point is the business. The yeah, Gen Coin is right. the business. Thank yeah. you for the correction, Mark. Thank you. That, that might have been what prompted this this discussion on cryptocurrency, maybe. I don't know, because I was thinking about it for a while. But I'm still, I still, I have to go with Lisa. I'm still not convinced. Mm. Um, Matt, you didn't convince me yet. I do agree that it is something that um, a lot of people are, are, you know, dabbling in. And it could be the future of our of currency or, or at least alongside with our, you know, our current currency but i'm still not convinced so i gotta give it to lisa on this one um if maybe if your if your investment goes up to 100 matt then okay i'll call i'll play it back and then i'll re i'll rebuke my uh you know okay my choice we'll do well, well, well if nothing else hopefully this medium as it is for me is uh is a great opportunity for you know us all to learn about just you know different things and hopefully our listeners are learning a little bit more about uh cryptocurrency today so Right yeah. on. Plus, I was awesome. looking for a new show recommendation on Netflix, so we're there good we to go. go. Awesome. That's a good one, actually. I really enjoy startup. It's, I mean, it's a little far fetched in certain areas, but yeah. it, it is entertaining. It's very entertaining. It is. It gets you hooked. A couple of episodes, yeah. in, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Very good. Well, thank you both, uh, Mark. Thank you for a great face-off, Lisa. Thank you for great articles uh, to our listeners and viewers. Uh, as always, uh, leave leave some comments, leave some feedback. We'd love to hear how we can uh, make this better. And until. Uh, until we're together again, stay safe and have fun. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye.